brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the NFL Talking Heads Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Here are your hosts, Jeff Carrier and Seth Lowell. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us once again. We are the NFL Talking Heads, back for another episode. I am Jeff Carrier, and joined with me as usual is Seth Lull. And we have a jam-packed episode for you guys in our third episode of the season, right in the middle of the offseason, but not for us and not for all the diehards out there. Seth, why don't you give our listeners an idea of what we're going to be covering in this episode? Well, as we alluded to last episode, we are we're going to be talking about the fantasy pros ranking, um, ranking the the top fantasy players. I know we're, we're five months away, but it's never too early to get things started and just to begin thinking about you know which players we want to take um, and, and so forth. So we have um, the rankings we're going to be discussing today are the fantasy pros ranking. It combines um, eighteen experts, so this is eighteen fantasy quote unquote experts. Um, so it's a really good comprehensive. Um, ranking, it'll give you a good idea of where a lot of these these experts um, stand um, with with a lot of these players. So um, we we got a lot of players to talk about. We looked at the list, Jeff, and there's there's some stuff that we that we agree on. We think they're kind of right on the money with a few of these players, but there's also a, a lot that we disagree with. Um, definitely, they're definitely way off base with a few players. We're going to be talking about that today. Yeah, absolutely, and. Like we we always kind of preach in terms of why are you listening to the NFL talking heads, and that is to not look at a list like we're going to be covering today and just go along with it and just assume that these 18 experts have compiled the best list because there are some clear faults in this, and me and Seth are going to go ahead and pick them apart a little bit um, or at least give you our opinion, even though we are several months away. And I'm sure this is a very early list. There are going to be some players that are going to move semi-dramatically but overall I would bet you that this is going to be fairly close to a lot of the rankings that we'll see uh, when it comes to August. Um, I think the first player uh, that is striking um, well, well, hold on. I... Let's, let's, let's first read off the top 10 shall we? Let's read off the oh, top 10. Okay go ahead. Alright <clears throat> Antonio and, and let me just clear up for our, for our listeners and reiterate this is um, PPR rankings everything we talk about um, on the NFL Talking Heads um, is going to be, you know, re- regarding PPR. So because we only do PPR leagues, we believe in PPR leagues. Standard leagues are, are stupid. So right. Um, sorry. So without further ado, the rankings are Antonio Brown number one, Le'Veon Bell number two, Julio Jones number three, David Johnson number four, DeAndre Hopkins number five, Rob Gronkowski number six, Todd Gurley seven, Odell Beckham eight. Devonte Freeman nine and closing out the top ten. Adrian Peterson um, at number ten. So, um, so Jeff, at a first glance, what, what is the first thing you see when you when you look at those rankings? What do you think? 
Well, there's two things. Um, they do a nice job on this list of also giving you the best and the worst that they were rated between the 18 experts. And so then you have the average as well. And the top uh, two people were the clear, clear favorites in terms of the top two, especially Antonio Brown at an average of 1.8. Um, overall ranking so he was almost a near consensus there and Le'Veon Bell was the clear clear second at 3.7 and you can tell that there was already um, a fairly big jump just from first to second um, so there's a few of the a uh, few of the averages that I think we could point out as we go through but the main person in the top 10 that I didn't like last year and he is even higher this year and that's Rob Gronkowski now, the, as everyone knows that this listening uh, to our sh- podcast show is that we are New England fans. So this should be a sign to everyone when you have New England fans not agreeing with Rob Gronkowski at being at six overall on a PPR overall ranking. And the main, and it's not because he's not head and shoulders because he obviously is. But the main reason is where everyone else is ranked in terms of tight end. I don't think. That Rob Gronkowski, who finished nine points ahead of Delaney Walker last year, should be what looks like six rounds ahead of Delaney Walker. Yeah, absolutely. And when we look at this ranking, I mean, they have Rob Gronkowski ahead of Odell Beckham, who we were just talking about this before the episode earlier today. I think Odell Beckham, you could make a case for him at number three behind Brown and Le'Veon Bell. I, I think he's the number one receiver, or number two receiver for me, rather. Um, and even other players like are, are questionable, like, you know, Allen Robinson, you could debate maybe taking him over Gronk, um, Peterson and Freeman, um, and Gurley, depending on what, and David Johnson, obviously what you want to do with running backs, um, ahead of Gronk. I know David Johnson is ranked higher than Gronk, but Gurley, Peterson, Robinson, I mean, uh, and then Adrian Peterson, you can make a strong case for them over Gronk just based on how weak the running back position is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Again, it's not that the Gronk's not significantly better than everyone else, safer, more upside, but there's no position where I want to take the best person and then I could take the second best person at their position as in tight end four, five rounds later, which is even where someone like a Greg Olson is going to be going probably in round five as they, I believe they have uh, closely projected here. Yeah, and I'm, you know, looking at these rankings, looking at the players right now, I, I think I, I'm a strong advocate for taking a lot of receivers early, loading up on receivers. You know, let somebody else reach on Gronk, right? Take him in the first round. Um, you know, and then just take Delaney Walker, Greg Olson, um, Jordan Reed, Delaney Walker. Take one of those players later on in the draft. You're gonna get him at a good value. Yeah, they have Delaney Walker at 66. They actually have Jordan Reed as the second tight end at 32, so they got him going in the fourth. So they have the very next tight end, Jordan Reed, at at, at 32 overall in the fourth round. Yeah. And they've got Greg Olson out in the fifth round as a third. And really, again, I, I think Jordan Reed maybe should be the number two because of his upside, but I'm perfectly content taking Greg Olson in the fifth and getting three, four stud receivers or as many stud receivers as I can at the top half of the draft. Yeah, I mean, let's let's put it this way. So they have, for example, you know, let's grab a, a, a receiver they have going in the fourth round. They have, like, a, let's say, Jeremy Macklin, for example. Would you rather have Rob Gronkowski in the first round and Jeremy Macklin in the fourth, 
Or would you rather have somebody like an Odell Beckham in the first and a Jordan Reed in the fourth? I'd rather have myself Odell Beckham and Jordan Reed. That I mean, so that's that's the kind of that's what you're looking at, and that's assuming you take the second best tight end. You could always wait um, even further in the draft and take a Delaney Walker, Greg Olson, um, Travis, you know, uh, Tyler Eifert, one of those players. Yeah, it just seems like the tight end position is. There's a big clump of people after Gronk, right? And so that's why they go four rounds afterwards, essentially. But between Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, um, Delaney Walker, uh, you know, some people make the case for Travis Kelsey. He's not too far behind. But what it is is those all of those tight ends are fairly similar, but they're not all going in the same rounds. So. Uh, Delaney Walker is projected for the seventh round, actually, um, it being in the mid six uh, mid sixties at sixty six. So you have Jordan Reed going at thirty in the fourth round, and then Delaney Walker going in the seventh. And I'm not sure what the difference is between um, them two to constitute that big difference of projection. They should be to me. They should be clumped up together, almost like okay, whenever whenever the the value is for these next set of tight ends to come off the board, they should be almost back to back to back to back for a few of these people. <clears throat> yep, and I think one of the biggest travesties in this um, for this ranking they put out is how out of whack some of these running backs are. Like you know, in terms of where they have them ranked. I mean, for example, they have Doug Martin, Lamar Miller, uh, Mark Ingram and Todd Gurley and Devontae Freeman, those are five running backs they have ranked way ahead of Thomas Rawls. And, and to be honest with you, I like Thomas Rawls better than all of them. With the exception of me, you can make a strong case for, for Todd Gurley, and Devontae Freeman is close, but I would rather have Thomas Rawls than Doug Martin and Lamar Miller for sure. I'd rather have him over Mark Ingram for sure. And I'd probably rather have Thomas Rawls over Adrian Peterson just because of how... I mean, how good Thomas Rawls looked last year. He's going to be the guy with no Marshawn Lynch in Seattle. Um, and, and right now they have Thomas Rawls ranked the 26th overall. It, that seems pretty low to me. What, what about you? What do you think about that? Yeah, it, it's definitely tough on where to put Thomas Rawls, but I definitely eye the value immediately um, along with you because Mark Ingram is ranked at 13 overall. You have got to be kidding me. I mean, I'm sorry for anyone who's even going to consider him when it comes draft time to pick Mark Ingram in the top 15. I can go get a bunch of running backs in round 10 and hopefully have one of them produce what he's going to do. It's just he's injured every single year and has almost no blow-up potential. So I just I, I hate that number. I, I like Thomas Rawls over him, as, as you mentioned. Todd Gurley, I would have to take over Thomas Rawls. But again, yep. Todd Gurley's a person where I'm not going to take him in the top 10. Uh, is the St. Louis yep. score touchdowns that I'm not aware of? Is their quarterback Case Keenum, did he did he turn into Tom Brady overnight? St. Louis's offense is atrocious, and I'm going to stay away from it. And going back to Mark Ingram, too, not only, like you said, he doesn't have much, doesn't have much upside. The Saints always use running back by committee. So even if he's a quote-unquote starting running back, they're going to mix other guys in there. They still have C.J. Spiller. They, they lose Kiri Robinson, um, but they're going to bring somebody else in. Um, and so you're basically banking on Mark Ingram getting a lot of touchdowns. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just not going to bank on that. And like you said, he's injured. Um, very, very, very low upside, which is what I hate about where they have Mark Ingram. Um, I, I think he's a third, fourth round pick at best, you know, and, but with Thomas Rawls, why I love him so much is number one, 
we saw how explosive he can be. He's someone that does have the blow-up potential. They can go out there and, and give you top three, top four running back production. He's going to be he's part of a great offense in Seattle that seems to get better every single year. There's no Marshawn Lynch. And when Marshawn Lynch played, we saw how valuable the running back is in Seattle's, Seattle's offense. So, you know, I think he just kind of, you know, Marshawn Lynch is going to pass the torch. Thomas Rawls is going to take it. And um, I think he's going to be better than Marshawn Lynch has been the last couple of years. So... You know, I think um, I think Thomas Rawls is somebody that you know if if he's slipping into the third round of your draft, you gotta go. You gotta go grab him. Yeah, I'm gonna love that spot for uh, someone who is gonna be uh, the touchdown person, short yardage, at least the first two first two downs. They might bring someone else in. I heard that maybe Arian Foster goes out there, but I absolutely love that value and someone that I think is just a tick right behind. Uh, Thomas Rawls is actually ranked all the way out at 42. So he's going to be in the middle of the fifth round. And that's Jeremy Lankford. Um, now remember, this is the same area where an Amir Abdullah got selected last year, a Joseph Randall got selected last year. Both of them had not proven one thing. Jeremy Lankford put up monster games last year. Monster games. Yep. Chicago yep. still has not brought anyone in. So if they... They did put an offer sheet on C.J. Anderson, so that's a little concerning. But if they don't go and get anyone else in free agency and they don't go and uh, get a high draft pick in terms of running back, I'm going uh, – Jeremy Langford, I don't think, will be hanging around in the fifth round. His value is going to keep creeping up with my prediction. Yeah, and, and it's not a bad situation. John Fox has shown – I mean, his, his running backs in his system um, have been pretty solid. You know, Matt Forte – Last year, then going back, C.J. Anderson had his big year under John Fox. Before that, when they had, um, when they, you know, you looked at Willis McGahee, right? So I, you know, I, I like um, I like Jeremy Langford. He's explosive, but with with me, it all depends on what other running backs. And it's the same thing with all these teams. What other running backs do they add between now and then? Because you got to keep an eye on, you know, how these running backs are going to be used by which players they bring in. If Aaron Foster is brought into Seattle. That definitely changes the way I look at Thomas Rawls because Aaron Foster still has, I think, a lot left in the tank when you consider the fact that Seattle was using Fred Jackson way too much last year. So, I don't know. You definitely got to keep an eye on that um, when you're looking at Thomas Rawls. Um, A couple that I see, like one that I see is is way too high in this list too, is Lamar Miller. I mean, Lamar Miller to me is not a second-round running back. I I like the signing for Houston in terms of real life, you know, how that helps their team. But, number one, Lamar Miller hasn't proven that he can be a, a workhorse, right? Because Miami's never used him in that capacity. And Houston has, has got to demonstrate to me that they're going to use one running back, you know, as a workhorse that's not named Arian Foster. They let Arian Foster, they basically took the reins off Arian Foster and and gave him a ton of touches. But, you know, once he got down, went down with an injury, they were giving carries to, like, four different running backs. You saw in the playoffs they had... Chris Polk, they had Alfred Blue, um, they had a couple other guys that I don't even know their names because they're irrelevant. So I think it's a big question mark in terms of usage with Lamar Miller, and I think he's too high because of it. Yeah, you know, I think it's a, a pretty good um, spot for Lamar Miller. He's got him at 19 at the end of a 10-team second-round draft. I, I agree with you that I'm probably not going to pick him. I, there's a lot of concerns there, but you are talking about someone who – a team and Bill O'Brien has leaned on running backs. Lamar Miller has proven to be productive when given the ball. Um, they've paid him a lot of money, so 
you would assume they want to use him. And, you know, he's not glaringly over a ton of people, again, being at 19. So I think that's just one of those, he kind of just slides in at that spot. And we just may not like the player in the situation enough to really buy in at that value. But I don't think that's a gross, uh, over overly um, projected spot. Well, of course it is. You, listen, I, I'll list off like 10 players they have ranked below him that I would much rather have. Julian Edelman. And, and, and tell, let me know if you disagree with any of these, by the way. Julian Edelman, I'd rather have than Lamar Miller. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to list off players. You tell me the yes or no in terms of yes, I would rather have them than Lamar Miller, or okay. no, I wouldn't. Yes. Julian, Edel- Julian Edelman. Keaton Allen. Yes. Demarius Thomas. No. Mike Evans. That's a tough one. You gotta go. Yes, second James uh, Winston, yes. second okay, year. Yeah. Mike, his touch, touchdowns are gonna go back up. Uh, Thomas yes. Rawls, assuming yes. there's no Foster. Okay, um, I got some more for you. Jeremy Macklin. You know this. That's a good one because that's a very me and you. That's a very NFL talking head savvy move right there. You go and you get Jeremy Macklin, proven person, productive. You know what you're gonna get. Um, now we're more than a round away, but I'm gonna say I would feel more comfortable with Jeremy Macklin on my team. I, mean, I would totally agree. Um, I get. I, I'm not. I'm looking at some of these are way down their rankings, and I'm not gonna let that sway me from bringing them up because we're talking about our rankings. Another another player that I'm sure we'll get into. I think it's a good good topic as well. Um, Demarco Murray. I would rather have him than Lamar Miller because. I, I've, we're, he's one year removed from being the best running back in the NFL. I think he's much closer to the running back he was in Dallas than the running back he was in Philly because I think the way they used him in Philly was awful. So him in Tennessee, he's going to be the, the key to their offense. I like DeMar, DeMarco, ugh, DeMarco Murray a lot better yeah, than Lamar you know, What's really funny looking at this list, and not really funny, but you really kind of get a, a snapshot this early when you're looking at projection lists, is how much one last season – affects this list and two how much name affects this list because i'll give i'll give you two examples one is let's say we did uh overall points for like the last two years average you think demarco murray will be at the end of the fourth round at 38 overall no and how about this name did this person have a much better year than i remembered adrian peterson at 10 overall i know that that's it's kind of crazy to think about it because adrian peterson is a nice name, and he's a running back, and that's why he's there. But people are going to have to look past that. Back to your DeMarco Murray, though. I would absolutely be in love with DeMarco Murray if their head coach was not Mike Malarkey. I I just don't even know how to approach that. I mean, I like him. I like the situation. I think they're going to be run heavy. They're obviously paying him because he got paid in Philly. But, man, I hate that head coach. Well, a few things. Number one, he's they don't have much on that offense. I mean, they, from a fantasy perspective, they got Delaney Walker, but then they have a bunch of, of bums for wide receivers. Um, I, I think DeMarco Murray is going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to, you know, the change of scenery is going to help him. Um, I still think he's, he's talent-wise, he's probably a top three or four running back in the NFL. Um, now, how that translates to fantasy is a, is a big question mark based on what happened last year with him, but... I, I just think he's gonna be the he's gonna be the offense. I don't see David Cobb stealing too many carries from him. Um, 
so I just I really like DeMarco Murray. I think he's he's primed to get some touchdowns. I think they're going to be in, in the red zone more often because I think Marcus Mariota is going to take that next step. So their offense is going to be just good enough to give DeMarco Murray enough opportunities to get touchdowns to be fantasy, um, you know, to be a good fantasy running back. And Lamar Miller, I just, you know, is how's, how's he going to hold up through the course of the year? How are they going to use him? Um, Houston doesn't have a very good offense. So these are all big question marks for Lamar Miller. And if DeMarco Murray is somebody you can get two rounds after Lamar Miller, I mean, because we can debate, you know, who's, who would you rather take overall, Lamar Miller or DeMarco Murray? But then if I was to tell you you got Lamar, Mur- Lamar Miller in the second round, DeMarco Murray in the fourth round, even if even if all things are equal, I'm much rather having DeMarco Murray in the fourth than the instead Yeah, because when, we're, when so. you start looking at the roster construction and you start realizing you can get someone of DeMarco Murray's stature, It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill sure at the end of the four middle fourth round say and you can go pile up on wide receivers one two three i mean that's very attractive because you're not putting a running back out there that one hasn't played the last two years all 16 games that's going to be their touchdown person um, and for all intents and purposes, it's going to be there every down back. So even if he doesn't have a phenomenal year, Tennessee can't score, um, he's going to be touching the ball a lot, kind of like a TJ Yeldon was last year, where you know maybe you would have liked more production from him, but at least he was consistent. Absolutely, and, and looking at that, and not to jump all over the place here, because there's so much to go through with this list, right? There's so much, so much to work with, but... There's one thing that I see as a trend in this list, like you were saying, is you know last year has a huge impact on the way this ranking was constructed. Um, I, I love players. There's several players I'm looking at that had off years last year that didn't perform up to expectations. Because of that, they're gonna they're gonna fly a little bit under the radar, especially for for newcomers in fantasy leagues that you might you know people might be in leagues with that you know aren't experts or aren't you know as up to date in the NFL. Um, so there's, I'm going to read off a few names that I really like where they are value-wise. Um, Randall Cobb, 
at 41, he's someone that you're going to be able to get later. Yeah, and actually, before you go to the rest of the list, that was my number one person I wanted to talk about. And since you brought him up, I just want to get a little sidebar. I mean, can you talk about a person that's fallen further down? How high in the draft did he go last year? Do you remember? Um, I think, well, we were in a couple auction leagues. Um, for, now, for for snake drafts, I think this is he's somebody that was, was like a third, fourth no round way. player. I mean, he must have been early, yeah. Second, third. Yeah. He wasn't a first rounder, second, third rounder. Yeah, so, I mean, so Randall Cobb, I mean, the loss of Jory Nelson killed Randall Cobb last year. He was asked to do he things. He shoulder problem the entire year, to too. Um, yep, shoulder problems. Their whole offense suffered. Kind of like in Indianapolis. I mean, when you look at the fact their whole offense in Green Bay was a mess, the whole offense in Indy was a mess, I don't read too much into the players on those offenses that had bad years because of it. So another player I'm looking at is T.Y. Um, T. Hilton. Is I'm expecting a bounce back here from him. Um, and then I'll list off a couple names. DeMarco Murray we just talked about, so you know, him as well. Um, here's another player, Dion Lewis. Especially if you're in a league with not too many New England Patriot fans, like me and like me and me and Jeff here, Dion Lewis is someone that people are going to forget about. Um, so Dion Lewis is another one, and then um, Calvin Benjamin is another one. So he had a, he missed a whole year. Now I think if you can get him. In the fifth or sixth round, I think yeah, that's it is. pretty and good. Yeah, they have him slate, slated right now in the middle of the fifth, so that seems to be pretty decent. Um, but you know, I, I, personally, yeah. I'm probably not going to be in the position to ever grab Calvin Benjamin. You know, he's just one of those players that, yeah, maybe that's his value. Um, it's not an overpriced or anything like that, but there's just too many things I don't want to uh, account for. I mean, he had an entire year off. Their offense is not very, I don't know, I mean, they run a ton. I mean, they just run a lot. So uh, someone like Kevin Benjamin in the middle of fifth is still not going to be good enough value for me to end up with him on my team because I'll just go pick up someone way later uh, knowing that I can get close enough production t- uh, from. Uh, I want to get someone who's a little bit more of a sure thing around that around that spot, someone like maybe a Greg Olson who they got one pick ahead. Um, yep. One thing on Carolina, though, um, in terms of you said they they run the ball a lot, which is which is true. They you know their receivers aren't usually um, very successful in terms of fantasy. Last year, Ted Ginn had a few you know a few games where he you know a few big games, but we probably won't expect that again. But the one thing I will say about Carolina is you know we saw Seattle kind of make this natural um, evolution to becoming a pass heavy team, a team that relied heavily on the run and then over the course of two or three years, turned into this this dominant passing offense. And Carolina's already, I think, where they were the number one in the NFL in terms of points scored last year. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if they begin to evolve into a more pass-happy offense, letting Cam Newton just chuck the ball down the field more. Another thing that, that could help accelerate that would be John Stewart getting injured. I mean, he was remarkably healthy last year. If John Stewart goes down earlier, he, go, he you know reverts back to these nagging injuries and being injured, then they might not have any running backs to go to that are that are, are serviceable like Jonathan Stewart. So that might force them to throw the ball more. And I just think that with Calvin Benjamin, Greg Olson, and even Ted Ginn as a deep threat, Cam Newton now now has weapons to work with. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I'm probably not anybody that's going to own Calvin Benjamin this year. But if people forget about him and he slips, 
he's something that I would definitely dumb somebody that I definitely would keep yeah, an eye on. As obviously, you can never account for um, you know people slipping way way past where their average draft position is. Uh, another thing too that might help out with Carolina's passing offense is the fact that they were ahead like the entire year last year. So when you play ahead, you play much more of a you're in your game. They're running it. They're doing the play action. They're much more methodical. Um, you know, they, they likely won't go 15 and one this year, so they'll probably be behind a little bit more, and, and that will involve them obviously having to play a little bit of catch up and, and throwing from behind. Now, yeah, I, I want to totally go back to Randall Cobb real quick, and I actually wanted to pinpoint Julian Edelman too. These are people that. Julian Edelman and Randall Cobb that are almost sure things barring injury. And, Edel- and Edelman's at 22 overall. I mean, early third-round pick. Could you could you have a better player that you could pick in the early third that's going to get you 100 catches and get you – I want to look up how many points he had last year because I bet you he'll have the same amount of points uh, from last year to this year. Let's see if I could find out his numbers real quick. But the point is – is that he's extremely consistent, and he did get his broken foot last year. But besides that, I mean, is there any reason why he should be that low? No, I mean, if if he if you can get Julian Edelman in the third round, I think most leagues. I mean, we're in New England, so it's a little bit skewed. You know, everybody loves Julian Edelman, so that he tends to go a little higher. But if you can get Julian Edelman in the third round, you're you're you know you're you're walking away laughing, right? I mean, it's like he's he's so consistent. And with Julian Edelman, I, I never really go by how many points he scored overall. Like, because it's one of those things where, yeah, maybe he won't score as many points as an Allen Robinson, um, you know, or an Alshon Jeffrey. But you know what you're getting week in and week out. And over the course of a you know 16, 17 week season, he's gonna he's gonna win you. He's gonna help you win weeks because you're gonna have other players. That, that are going to blow up, and he's going to be that, that steady player that's going to get you, you know, 10 to 15 points every single week, and he's going to have those games where he gets over 20 because New England's offense is so dominant. I'm expecting big things out of New England's offense this year as well, you know. So it, the Martellus Bennett edition, having Deion Lewis back, you know, a healthy Gronkowski for another full year, these are all things that are going to help Julian Edelman. Um, so I love I love him, especially the third round pick. You know me, I I would even go as far as taking him in the second round if he's there. Absolutely, I mean, I just, and we talked a lot guy. about what you kind of mentioned yeah, and alluded to in terms of the week in week out consistency. You have to build a team that can score, obviously a lot of points, but very consistently too. So I'm looking at these rankings, and if I were to let's say I had the first overall pick and I had to attack this draft. My initial thoughts are, okay, number one, Antonio Brown. On the way back, I've got pick 20 and 21. So, you know, I I could get Edelman and Keenan Allen or something along those lines, or maybe Jordy Nelson is there. So those would be my top three picks, and they're all going to be people that have been in the league performing at a high level and have done it before. Now, some of those have injury concerns, so try not to maybe pile up on too many injury concerns, but... For the most part, Edelman's been fairly healthy, and I think if you can get him in the early third, um, you start your draft off. Your draft off not by saying, "I hope this person performs this year as a second-year player." I, I said the same thing about Odell Beckham last year. He hadn't proved it two years in a row, so you could pick at 
Odell Beckham and hope he blows up again. Or you could take the person right next to him, knowing you're going to get a ton of points like Julio Jones. And even if he, as you alluded to, say he misses the you know top wide receiver mark by 25 or 50 points, if you break that down over 17 weeks, that's not going to that's not going to factor in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, I, this is a draft, and I know I approach it this way most years, but I'm waiting to get a running back until the, the fourth round at the earliest because DeMarco Murray, I know you're big on Jonathan Stewart. Um, Jeremy Hill is someone you can get way late this draft because of the off year he had. Um, you know, Danny Woodhead. Um, you know, there's just so many running backs that I would look at. Like Javoris Allen, someone in, Buff- in Baltimore that I, I like going into this year. I think he's someone you're going to be able to get after the seventh round. Um, so, and, and even Ryan Matthews in Philly, I mean, there's, there's I'm, go, what I'm doing in the first three rounds is like, like you said, like, and let's say you get Antonio Brown, then you, then your next two and three picks, you get, um, like Jordy Nelson and Julian Edelman or Julian Edelman and Keenan Allen. You get, th- you get three solid receivers. You can always get these running backs that, you know, um, you know, I just, I want to stay away from the huge question marks with running backs. If I'm taking them in the top four rounds. It's one thing to to go for you know a running back that has question marks if you get him in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, um, but the, the the idea is I mean like every running back aside from like three or four running backs have question marks because they're running backs. It's the nature of the beast now in the NFL. So I'm waiting for running backs after the fourth round. There's going to be a ton of them. I'm loading up on receiver. Um, and Julian. Yeah. Allen, now let's let's awesome look at uh, later towards the bottom of these rankings, Seth, and let's see if we could pick out some people that um, since well we're going to be waiting on running back. So is there a running back that's you know after seven, eight, <coughs> ninth, tenth round type of that you see yourself taking a, a chance with? Um, and not only running back, but of course other positions. But, of course, we know that we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be fielding a lot of lower-end running backs and hoping one of them comes through. I have a name for you. It's going to fit this bill. Um, okay. Darren Sproles, ranked 49 running back. I don't know what the overall is on that, but I'm sure it's um, – I was looking the, – the running back 36 was at the top 100. So this is much further than 10th round. Yeah, um, I, I like him. I like. I also like Ryan Matthews. I think they're both. It's it's no Chip Kelly now in Philly, so we'll see how they're. You know he's going to be used, but um, yeah, I came and I came and I came and I like Jeremy Hill. He's someone that's going to go late as well. Um, and I'm, and I'm sure we could we could find some more as more in this list as well. I think D'Angelo Williams is somebody depending on how late it is. You got to keep an eye on. Um, I mean, just because once Le'Veon Bell went down, he was he was an animal. He's got to be the the number one handcuff in all of football by far. He's not your ordinary handcuff. Well, I, um, but I, I want to I want to read another name. Off to why you. I like Darren Sproles um, a lot, and it, it has a lot to do with Danny Woodhead of last year. Me and you both really like Danny Woodhead. We got him for a dollar, two dollars in our auction drafts with the last or the last pick, and the reason is. They don't have anyone else that's really, really reliable in their in their in their backfield. They have Ryan Matthews, who is not overly productive, and he gets injured on top of it. Darius Pro seems to still be electrifying when he touches the football. Seems to be still very productive last year. Um, so I'm not too concerned about systems because I just feel like 
compared to everyone else that's in the backfield, he's their best option. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like him, and I think he's going to go way late. He's someone that could. I mean, he's going to get. He's going to go in one of the last rounds of the draft, most likely. So, I, I definitely like him. Um, and Ryan, and you know, Ryan Matthews has injury concerns. So, you know, even with Ryan Matthews as the starter, I think Darren Sproles is extremely valuable. Um, and then if Ryan Matthews goes down, you know, we're looking at a huge uptick in production. Okay, well, who Darren do you Sproles. have? I think, that's, I think that's a good name. Oh, I've said a couple names. One is Alfred Morris. I really like the move to Dallas for Alfred Morris because they have a obviously they have a great offensive line. That's going to be the point that everybody brings up. Dallas has a great offensive line, which is true. And now last year they had they got decent production out of Darren McFadden, um, mainly because he was a pass catcher. So it does worry me to an extent that Alfred Morris isn't a great pass catcher, but he's a solid runner. Um, he's a decent runner. I think if you plug him in, into Dallas's system, I. I think that he's going to be pretty productive. I think he's going to be better than he was in Washington, and he's someone that continues to to go down on, dra- on draft well, boards and rankings because of his. Last I am two not years one person to ever buy into usage because I don't care how much some, a team uses someone. If the person's bad, then they're bad. And me and you have ar- had arguments over the past about Alfred Morris. He's just a player I have never ever ever liked he's horrendous he's a good runner at what getting the ball and falling down i mean his yards per carry is terrible he has no moves he can't catch the ball he's horrendous on all fronts um seth i don't like alfred morris i don't think he's a good enough runner and i don't care how much volume he has he can't make up for his lack of running and one key fact is on our previous episode you said I'm going to stop picking people who not only are the age of 30, but they've been running like they've been 30 for five years. Well, Alfred Morris has been running like he's been 40 for the last since he's entered the league. Yeah, I mean, we're splitting hairs at this point anyways because we're talking about someone who's ranked the 43rd running back overall. This is going to be someone you're either going to stash on your bench for a depth player or you're going to be, you know, it's going to be the, the worst player in your starting lineup. Uh, I just like the I just like the idea of the change of scenery. I think he's got a little bit of upside. He was really good his rookie year. Dallas has a really good offensive line. Um, so I don't know. I'm 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 willing to keep an open mind about it. You you just you've hated Alfred Morris, so at least you're consistent. You've hated him ever since his rookie year. Um, but let's um let, let's see what happens. I mean, I definitely like him more than Shane Vereen, who they have ranked ahead of him. So just just throwing that out there. I suppose I suppose he'll get touches and he will be a last you know pick type of person so i mean you might get decent production at that pick i won't disagree with that but he, he has been one of those people for the last five years i mean not the last two specifically but you know ever since he entered the league where he was a starting running back and he's going to get the touches and he was always a top two pick on rankings and it was just asinine the person that he is uh the team that he just left and is replacing him, Matt Jones. Now, I like him at running back 30 and 83rd overall. Do you like Matt Jones stepping no. into Alfred Morris' role? I mean, he's a second-year running back, so, uh, I mean, it's tough. I, I, he's got potential, but I just he, has, he had a lot of fumbling issues last year. Washington still likes to use a lot of running backs, so I'm, I'm not crazy about him, but, I mean, 
the third the thirtieth ranked running back, he is a a, a good that's, that is a good example of a running back that I would rather get later on than than reaching for one of these running backs that has question marks like a Lamar Miller. I'd much rather wait and, and grab two or three of these running backs like a Matt Jones, maybe Alfred Morris, um, Danny Woodhead. Grab a few of these guys and then hope you know just rotate them in week in and week out because you know, I just I just don't like running backs for fantasy anymore. There's the way they're used. They're just they're, it's not the same. So I'm loading up on receiver. I'm getting good quarterbacks. I'm getting a tight end. And running back is something that I just I worry about in later rounds because there's going to be a lot of these guys that you're going to be able to squeeze a little bit of production out of. Um, so that, that's the route I'm going. Matt, Matt Jones isn't a bad name, though. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. When we you know had our first episode of the season, we talked a little bit about 2015, what we thought of 2015, what came out of it, and mine was the running backs. I mean, just no one produced a, a, through like the entire first four rounds. Um, so, can you, if you can go and grab a Matt Jones and maybe an Alfred Morris um, and maybe even a Darren Sproles instead of drafting one Lamar Miller, who, let's face it, how much better is he going to really be uh, when you know you can go grab a stud wide receiver that's still hanging around there? So, uh, I completely agree, and that's probably going to probably be you know emulated into our actually roster construction and how we're going to be talking a little bit more as we get closer to draft season yep yeah absolutely so is there anyone else you wanted to touch on seth um we went through a whole list of people um some high some low anything else as you're looking at this list that catches your eye no, I mean just just the fact that I mean this, I mean this is an early ranking. We'll, so we'll you know to, to be fair, we'll, this is an early ranking. So um, this this can be a fluid situation. These are going to change constantly um, as you know injuries pop up and all and all that good stuff. But um, I I just, I just think a lot of these receivers are undervalued. I think a lot of these running backs, as always, are are being overvalued. So just something to keep an eye on. I think I think this one thing I will say about this draft, looking at these rankings, is. I think this is going to be a very deep draft. I think there's a lot of receivers, running backs, just players in general that you can get in the later rounds that are going to be solid. Um, you know, I just think this is a very deep draft. So, you know, all the more reason to just, you know, plan out, have a good plan of, you know, which players you want to target in later rounds because there's going to be a lot of good value picks to be had in rounds 7, 8, 9, 10. I, I completely agree. You can just scroll right down to the 80s and 90s, and you know, you're know you seeing people like a Justin Forsett, who, again, had a really bad year. But Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
he's going to be in the mix up there. You got Ryan Matthew, who is going to be the lead person in Philly, and if you're able to get him with Darren Sproles, you get the backfield. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton's going to be 11th round. He was a top what three quarterback before getting hurt last year. So um, there does this does seem to be a ton of value. Your boy Steve Smith, who I hate um, again, around pick 100, uh, really down there. So you're talking about people who have really had some productive seasons relatively not too long ago out in the 8th, ninth, and 10th rounds. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's why you just got to do your research. <clears throat> you got to keep an eye on which which players are going to be going to be available, which is why I'm always a big fan of looking at these rankings because there's always players that you just forget about, like players that either in auctions maybe you spent like, all your money and then you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know there's going to be all these good players here. Or, you know, you're doing a snake draft, and you're in round eight or nine, and you're like, wow, I didn't think there's going to be all these players still here. Keep it, you know, always be aware of which players are still on the board, which players are going to be available to you, because that's going to impact your strategy in the early rounds. Yeah, and uh, just to go real quick back to the best and the worst ranking from all these 18 experts, I went to Jeremy Langford just to see the, the, the difference on someone like him, who I like a lot. His highest was 19, the same number where Lamar Miller is. So it's not a stretch just because someone like a Jeremy Langford happens to get averaged out to 42. There's clearly other people on the same boat um, as us with Jeremy Langford should be higher. They, his highest was 19. Um, and, of course, his lowest was 76, which is kind of crazy. But... Um, yeah, I, you know what I'd like to do too, Seth, as we kind of get a little bit closer too, is is put put some of these people when there's when there's a lot more of a confirmed rankings list. Is here are the people that we don't want you guys to touch. Avoid these people at all costs, and that would at least help you not make bad picks. Because someone like a Mark Ingram again is just it's just mind boggling why he's in the top fifteen. Yeah, and a player for me too is Amari Cooper. <clears throat> we'll have plenty of plenty of time from between now and the season to talk about some of these players. Amari Cooper is somebody for me that just is he's gonna be he's gonna be overvalued. He's gonna be he's gonna constantly be too high on these rankings lists. That he's just not someone that I'm a big fan of. He's a second year receiver, so maybe he's gonna make the leap. But you know he was very inconsistent. He's still in an offense that you, you look at and you're just like. Eh, you know, not too excited about the prospects of Derek Carr. Um, so he's another good example that of a player where I, I just think is they have too high at twenty one. Um, so, but we'll, we'll have plenty of time between now and the season to talk about some. Of these Absolutely, players. because one of the you know just if you want to lose a draft is you pick Amari Cooper, who is ranked one wide receiver spot and one overall spot in front of Julian Edelman. That is a no no. So we'll talk more about those as we get closer, of course, and about a lot of these players. Um, that's going to wrap up our episode on early, early draft rankings and feedback. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We are the NFL Talking Heads, and you can find us on Twitter at NFL Talking Heads. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.